we initially have not spoken by our own choice, and later it was forbidden. <laughs> when we entered the world, we created the guidance, the guiding light to show us the way. But in the darkness, we seek a much different light. We live our collective lifestyles for who we are and what we believe in, in a search of the mystery of life in the hereafter. And the power is what we seek, and it is within all of us. And we have to unleash it. Ha 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 ha! They will understand. Understanding is just a matter of time. The power lies within us, and it's up to us to find it. We are who we are, the unholy duo, and we will become what we will become. For those who believe, we'll follow. For those that don't, we'll merely exist. So I suggest that you beware, take care, because the freaks come out at night. <laughs> it's going off with Rap Critic and Muse. That, that wrestling talking cadence where it's just like, it really feels like it's leading to something. And it, it's just like, nope. but it's just like a waterfall of words. <laughs> and it's just like, where are you going? Like, I can't tell if this is like a Southern Baptist preacher or like, <laughs> A villain in a sci-fi movie, or like... <laughs> it was a trio of vampires. Oh, uh, okay, so I was close. You were close. So in that <laughs> way, it doubles as a as a wrestling reference because the Mountain Goats album, and it's also uh, coincides with Halloween in a way. So Ooh. dual purpose. There we go. Yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple of spookifying albums for you today, that's for sure. Oh boy, yeah, we've got some very uh, opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> this week. Yeah, one album is on beat and... Uh... Oh, th that is definitely one uh, aspect to highlight, sure. <laughs> but let's not get too much away. But before we get into either of those, I gotta let the fine folks know that if there is an album that you would like to hear us review on a future episode, you just have to head on over to our Kofi that is ko-fi.com slash going off. And for those who have been sticking around with us for a while, uh, yes, the Black November deal will be returning starting November 1st. So if y'all have been waiting, and you want to request an album at a reduced price, make sure you're following both RC and myself on Twitter for details to find out what that reduced price is going to be. And you can get those requests in again starting November 1st. That is ko-fi.com slash going off, ko-fi.com slash going off, G-O-I-N-O-F-F. And it is uh, Riffcoms on Twitter for myself. And it's the rap critic, correct? 
Yeah, on Twitter. Oh, and don't forget Kofi.com slash rap critic for uh, all the other rap uh, critic related specific stuff that you would want to request uh, all throughout Black November. So that's movie requests, uh, new, specifically new rap album stuff, streams. I do live streams if you want to do like best of a favorite uh, rapper or uh, just to stream an album, you know, just because you want to like listen to it and, you know, talk shit about live. You know what I'm saying? Some people want want that too. as well as uh, personal requests, uh, you can get your indie requests in. I can do uh, private notes, or you can uh, get the request uh, done on the Rap Critic uh, main channel if you want your either a song with a music video reviewed or a you know album review like that. Uh, that one's a higher price, but it's going to be way reduced for uh, this month. So I've actually got a request coming up soon that's going to be. Um, on that on my channel so you know look out for that and and since we're getting all the plugs out of the way i want to also throw out fanhouse.app slash riffcoms there we got our exclusive content the kids bop listening reaction videos uh and we also got the new podcast the ona detox podcast with neb and myself that has been going strong um talking about doing what you want to do it might not seem what what someone might want to do but we're I've got mutating a lot of, the format <laughs> i've got a lot of knowledge about a semi-obscure topic and the podcast gives me an excuse to info dump about a couple of late 90s early 2000s shock jocks their effect on pop culture how it kind of helped the rise of edgelord culture and uh, also talk about where we're at today and get to talk some white nationalism. So a lot of real fun oh, stuff oh, going oh. on on the <laughs> ONA Detox podcast. Uh, it's sharing an RSS feed with going off right now. So if you want to listen to the episodes on Spotify, uh, search the going off podcast and they'll be in that uh, list of episodes. And if you want to watch it on YouTube, because sometimes we have uh, vi- visual elements, it is on the Riffcoms YouTube page that is ONA Detox, spelled D E dash T A L K S, uh, because we're detoxing the ONA virus, but we're also talking about it. Get it? It's a it's a play on words there. So I don't forget uh, patreon.com slash rap critic if you want to uh, join and see uh, early movie episodes, plus join the Patreon Discord. Um, and I'm going to be doing this thing where when the new episode comes out, a uh, newer episode will be available on the Patreon before anyone else gets to see it. So we're going to be doing it like that. You know what I'm saying? So get with it. Act like you want it. Uh, you know, we mutate and we switching up the format is all I'm saying, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you are listening to Going Off on Spotify, please make sure to give us a five star rating. That helps us out a lot. I think we're at 4.5 right now. And Ooh, I feel like bad. it's only teetering on that. So just nudge us over. RC, which album do you want to start with today? Let's start with the wrestling album because that's ah. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like you know what I'm saying. Getting on some, uh, you know, getting on them underoos. You know what I'm saying. Dropping some elbows on some fools right now. So let's let's get into it. We're gonna hit the audience, the offgoers, with some bionic elbows mm. right about now. We're talking Mountain Goats beat the champ, requested by Lee Jones. Thank you very much. Um, This will be our third Mountain Goats album, I think. I do believe, yeah. Uh, For a very prolific band. They have like 20-something by this point. Uh, But this is a more recent one. Word. Serious Weird Al back again. People have pointed out that there is a slight similarity in vocals, so 
And so, like, it's just interesting to be like, huh, if Weird Al did serious songs, eh, they'd probably be just this, like, you know, biting, you know, writing-wise. Yeah, I can see that. You know? (laughs) A lot of Weird Al's funny songs can be dark. Yes, very much so. Talk about some really twisted shit. So, yeah, it's not too far removed. He is a comedy guy who I feel often, you know, because, well, that's a comedy guy. People don't take, like the artistry serious of what he does. But like, I think we've talked about this before where it's like, yeah, he writes parodies. Like there's a reason why he is the parody guy, not just because he got there first, but also because he's genuinely like really good at emulating the original song in ways that, oh my God, when the internet crowd, you know, in the <laughs> right around the 2009, right? When you started seeing all those, the all of those fucking bad parodies and shit where you just oh. like, you can really see the disparity when Weird Al's parody album came out and it was just like, yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah, we got to wipe that slate clean. Yeah, but let's, uh, enough about Weird Al. This is what we do. We go off on this podcast. Weird Al is become we do go the... Off. He's the, he's the 2022 Childish Gambino at this point, where we can't go an episode <laughs> without talking about him. Hey, what about that Weird Al movie? Is that good? The UHF movie? No, the one with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's like a Roku exclusive. So, well, actually, I have Roku now. I could watch that. I completely forgot about that. I've Ladies heard... and gentlemen, for the Black November, if you want to request uh, oh. <laughs> a very special for the podcast, maybe we make it a uh, you know a, a double price thing. You know what I'm saying for for the movie. You know. As far as this goes, I wanted to lead with a take I heard during the Needle Drop Anthony Fantano review of this album because it was a critique he had had in that if you listen to Mountain Goats long enough. The albums kind of become formulaic and they all kind of sound the same. Luckily, I've not really listened to too many Mountain Goats albums or at least when I do. Uh, they're pretty few and far between. It, it's really just when they get requested for the show, honestly. Um, so I've had a lot of breathing room, a lot of uh, downtime in between. So I didn't really have that effect on me. And I've mentioned on the show before that if a song sounds good, it sounds good. I don't care if it sounds like 20 other songs the band put out. If it sounds good and hits me right, then that's all you need. And a lot of the al- and a lot of the songs on here, and honestly, just about everything we've heard from the Mountain Goats is always lyrically uh, very interesting and captivating. So even if the music sounds the same, the lyrics are always going to be there and interesting to keep it fresh. And this album here, I have to guess, uh, was requested specifically with myself in mind. So a lot of the songs on here are either about very specific people or they do this really interesting thing of taking an aspect of wrestling that is very specific and using it as a metaphor for something in life that anyone could honestly relate to. So it all kind of puts it into perspective. I um, I really enjoyed this album overall. I don't think there were any songs I thought were duds, per se. Um, if I were to, because, I mean, I feel like we're mostly going to be uh, talking very positively about this album. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> as yeah. As as I look at. So uh, let's get the uh, songs that I didn't like as much out of the way. It was just mm. like one or two uh, for an object. Yeah, that was <laughs> just, one of the weaker ones. I'll agree. That was the closest it felt like to 
a Weird Al song, like for real, like where it was just like, I'm going to jab you in the eye with a foreign object. Like, it's just like, there's something about the wording that's just like, it's like, it's specific, but not specific enough. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. like, I'm going to stick you in the eye with, like, if you say, oh, any foreign object, like I'm just going to grab for anything, you know what I mean? But like, I'm going to stick you in the eye with a foreign object, but like, not a specific one, but it's something that's going to be stabby, but. I, I, it's not a knife because you don't say it's a knife. So it's like you know. Yeah, like it could be a fork. It could be just like a weird spike. I've seen wrestlers just use weird spike. It could objects. be a piece of plastic that's particularly sharp. I mean, yeah. Like, and but, the thing about it is, I'm like, now wait a minute. I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, hold on now. This is wrestling. Hey, I gotta call a flag on the play. What's going on? So we get the referee. And it, what, is this a ref? Is this a reference to a specific instance or something? It could very well easily be an instance where the referee's back is turned. The referees get easily distracted, RC, so, you know, sometimes they'll be they'll be tending to someone on the outside and has a perfect opportunity to dig into your tights or take it out of your wrist tape. And then, yeah, just jab the guy in the eye when he, when he's turn, when he turns around. I'm just saying, like, okay, hitting him with a chair, I'm used to that. A sharp object that's going to get forked into someone's eye. Like, I'm not used to seeing that on wrestling. I... I've never seen anyone get stabbed in the eye, specifically, <laughs> I will like, admit. Jesus Christ! Not a lot of one-eyed wrestlers out there. I've seen people stab each other in the forehead and stuff like that. I know. So maybe, you know, that could be <laughs> a very specific thing. One line I did like that I highlighted was, uh, one of these days, my legs will both snap like twigs. If you mm. can't beat them, make them bleed like pigs. Like, you know what? <laughs> That's true. It's talking about something in wrestling, but you can apply it to everyday mm, life. Yep, like, yep, yep. like, sure, you're not going to snap one day and literally stab someone with a foreign object, <laughs> but it does apply and relate to the real life moments of desperation where right. you're literally out of ideas. What can I possibly do to get past this? And sometimes, yeah, you do stoop to a level that you would never imagine yourself steeping, uh, like stooping to, mm. like a wrestler stabbing a guy in the eye with a foreign object. It's he didn't go like, into damn. that match thinking he was going to have to do that, but <laughs> it came down to that, and you can't argue with it if it gets results, you know? Ah, man. Just the, like, and it's the way he says it. I personally will stab you in the eye with a foreign object. <laughs> like, it gets really personal at that point. It's like, oh shit, okay. It's just like, uh, I will look you in the eye before I stab you in the eye. <laughs> Do not fuck with me. You took this match. You knew what you were getting yourself in into. I will blind you. And then it just keeps thinking the foreign object. It's like, it's just, just making it more, like, it's one of those, if you, one of those repeating, repeating this phrase makes it sound more silly, you know, like. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it, it's not, like, terrible, but it's, it's just kind of, like, this feels a little less artistically uh, meritful than the other one. Yeah, ones. I agree. And the other one that I kind of wasn't feeling as much was the fire editorial. I knew you were going to say that. Felt a little bit like a, a Billy Joel, you know, takeoff. I mean, although I did, like, there's little pockets of his delivery that he'll do that, that you still love no matter what, where he's just like, save yourselves, save this town, save everything not nailed down. <laughs> yeah. Well, hair match, I kind of wasn't as really? uh, enthralled with. Yeah, hmm. because it was like other songs, I feel like he was able to really get me into the, the height of the reality of the moment. And with this one, 
I was kind of like the first time I was like I wasn't sure what was happening, and so I was mm. like, oh my god, is someone like you know pulling a you know pulling a fast one on one of the wrestlers or something? Is that what's happening? It's like, oh no, it's just like a planned thing where they like shave the head of the person who loses, and it's like, uh, uh I mean, okay, like it's just like it just kind of feels like it's like I mean, I guess they're a. Yeah, are there a lot of wrestlers with shaved heads? I, I never thought about it. <laughs> like, I feel like I see a lot of long-haired dudes. Like, like is this a particularly big thing in wrestling? Uh, a hair match? It is a big thing in the in the means that it doesn't happen a lot. So when it does happen, it's extremely special. What What is it? What does it mean? Like, the the person who loses gets their head shaved, and usually. I mean, the, the whole point of it is that it's extremely humiliating. And typically, huh. the person who loses in this particular match is held down to a chair. And like, and they say they, they bought the cheap clippers from the thrift store. Because when you see someone lose a hair match, immediately after the match, someone has taken out a fucking pair of clippers or scissors or whatever and goes to fucking town. And they're not neat and considerate about it. So they're cutting up their scalp. With the clippers, there's usually blood. It gets in the hair. Oh, it gets man. all over the face. It looks like shit. And yeah, usually when someone loses a hair match, they're so embarrassed, they leave for a while and they have to oh, wow. come back when the hair is grown out. It's a really big storytelling device. And I feel like we've talked about the albums where if you know a lot about the band, it helps because the songs are kind of more personal that way. I do think if you know more about wrestling, I think this album would hit harder than if you're not as knowledgeable as oh, some of the sure. specifics like especially feel that especially the songs that are about specific people like if you see the name of the song and you know immediately what the song is going to be about without even hearing the lyrics then you go into it with a different mindset like i imagine our experiences with stabbed to death outside san juan oh were considerably different because immediately when i saw that i went oh that's about bruiser brody because uh, oh, that, no. that was a dude that was seriously stabbed to death in a fucking shower uh, after a wrestling event. The song Unmasked, like, that was about, yeah. like, you know, one of the luchadors getting their mask ripped off. Like, that I was able to viscerally connect it with because it's like, oh, a man who kind of prides himself on not being seen, you know, it's like, and then it's like, oh, now everyone knows who I am. You know, anyone who is affiliated with me, like, there, there's no mystique anymore. I'm just a guy, you know? Like, I get that. And so, like, that's what I was trying to find with the the hair match song where I was trying to be like, what is the, because it didn't seem like there, it, like, it seemed like there was, uh, there was disinterest in the crowd. So that's what I was trying to be like, uh, huh, like, yeah, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, I think it is kind of redundant to have unmasked and hair match, especially so close to each other. The spirit of both songs is kind of the same with unmasked. Uh, you're talking about a luchador who, again, loses a big match. It's usually a mask for mask match. And if you lose, a big part of luchador wrestling is the hidden identity. So typically, when you take your mask off, you're retiring. Like, you don't wrestle without the mask going forward. The whole point was that they didn't see your face. So it's an extremely emotional thing because everyone knows, wow, this is it. I loved this wrestler, and now he's retiring, and I finally see who it is. Wow. But it also doubles as someone living a lie or living a, a truth that they can't let people know Absolutely. and finally having the freedom of being able to, you know, come out in a specific way and let folks see themselves for who they really are. 
which I love. Because there's one lyric in particular where he says, uh, yeah, it's like the crowd's half gone, just a few hangers on. Come to see me finally tear through this stitching at last. And you don't care. You look almost relieved down there. Like you're free. Like you can breathe now. Like, and it was just like, it, it was like bringing me into a moment where I'd never, you know, it like making you, you know, sympathize or, or just like understand someone's emotional moment of like, yeah. I never thought about a wrestler being unmasked and what that feels like for them. And like, not a sort of like shame, but like, oh, you might assume shame, but maybe there's a sense of like, okay, this is done now. <laughs> you know, I don't have to break yeah. my back anymore. You know, I mean, I'm oh getting kind of up there. You know what I mean? Like, I finally get to relax and not yeah, kill myself every of week. Emotion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I finally get to retire. And there's another song on here about a wrestler retiring, but we'll get there. Mm. Um, starting out with uh, Southwestern Territory. Yeah. I thought this was a really strong cut. I love oh, the... Oh, God, um, strong intro. Very th slow, thoughtful pace of the song, too. Mm. And I'm not, I don't have the best ear for identifying specific instruments sometimes, but there's a, it, it says on uh, Genius, woodwind instrument. They couldn't be more specific. They just said it was a woodwind <laughs> instrument on Southwestern territory and for an object. I'm going to guess it's a clarinet, but I'm not sure. I can't um, remember now. I, it, it, vaguely, I remember clarinet. I feel like I remember vaguely clarinet if I'm thinking about it. I yeah. think it was. And I love uh, John Darnell's voice where... That, that's why, because I was thinking of klezmer music at one point, and I remember thinking like, huh, th that's interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you know, that used a lot of clarinet, yeah. Uh, Darnell's voice is... I've, I'm sure I said this in the last couple Mountain Goats albums, but he has such a voice that even if it's a super sad kind of introspective song he he just brings a different energy to it like i can't help but be hopeful listening to them even if they're super mm. depressing mm. and there's a, a strength to his voice like it's not like booming it's not like you know what i'm saying like there's a frail like not a frailty to it but just a yeah a meekness to it that still has a strength to it you know that it's very fascinating listening to him sing and just having these pockets of moments where something will just like hit a little harder in his delivery and it's just like ooh, <laughs> you know yeah i like his vulnerability and it makes it to where songs where he's more aggressive and it makes those songs stand out that much more like they're more emotionally impressing on you like yeah yeah like on legend of chavo guerrero where oh he's, man he's now just a a wrestling fan, a mark for Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> and I love that lyrically he's talking about basically how he doesn't have anything in his life going for him. <laughs> and so the like, only, <laughs> he's putting all of his faith in Chavo Guerrero. Like, you've got to win, man. I need this. I need my guy to win. And it's so catchy, too. I love and that it, one. It's so, like, the height. It's so, like, that over-the-top hyperbolic, you know, like, that is the arena of fighting, right? Like, that, like, I give up everything, you know? Like, I'm betting on the last hope that you'll be able to, you know, I'm betting on my last dollar, you know, that he'll be able to make it through, you know? Like, where, I'm where down on my luck, you know? Where he says, I wish death on his opponents. That Whoa, is such it? a little kid wrestling thing. <laughs> right? I'm just like, don't fuck with my literally. guy. Leave him alone. I would pray nightly for their death. <laughs> I, I don't want to put him on blast here, but um, a good friend of mine, Dylan, who is on our Rift Break series, he told me a story that there was a wrestler who got a beat down and this dude put the boots to him real, uh, real bad. And he legitimately 
um, had a had a serious uh, kidney injury from the oh. attack. And he said he went to church and he prayed for him. And I was like, that's some wrestling shit, man. That's the, <laughs> my favorite wrestler got injured. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to fucking pray for him. Like, <laughs> god damn, man. That, that kind of dedication. I love that. Is it an unmasked song where it's like they're kind of describing the actions? And then there's one line where it's just like, I loved you before I knew what love was or something like that. That just like so cuts it to this like awkwardly feeling different thing but then it like resonates with you as a line as you think about it more where it's like yeah when you feel that way that you just described you know your friend going through you know for this wrestler like what is that you know what I mean like that is like you've got a piece of my heart man like I believe in you <laughs> you know it gives you a chance to get really super connected to someone who again it's totally parasocial like they don't <laughs> sure, know who yeah. the hell you are but there you are in church like like thinking about this wrestler and hoping he gets better like there's something really pure about that because they mean something to you you know what i'm saying because they they connected with you you know animal mask is is a dope song too it's a very sweet song about the song is so sweet man again about such a little thing that when you put 18 wrestlers in a ring like that it's a uh, battle royal match they're describing here uh, they just all start going completely ape on each other. You would almost think that they had gotten together and choreographed it ahead of time. It just goes so swimmingly that you can't believe. It's like, wow, to, th- to think that this is actually being improvised right there. Who could imagine? Who, who could imagine? But uh, in the Battle Royal, you go over the top rope. If you, if you get thrown out, if you get thrown over, you're out. And eventually, only one will remain. And in the, and in the space of this heated battle, a lot of alliances are formed in the heat of the moment. You make (laughs) friends with people you would have never seen before to help you overcome obstacles and demons in your path. So this is about a battle royal, and it's also about the labor and the delivery room. It's called Animal Mask. And yeah, there are, again, certain points in life (laughs) where you just, you find yourself just asking for help from people you've never known and just finding the the moment of like yeah like the real human kindness of just like yeah sure i can see you're in need i will help you through this and there's plenty of times in battle royals where you see like heels and faces bad guys and good guys all of a sudden double teaming on a really big guy to get him out of the match because he's like the Mm -hmm. favorite to win and you never see them help each other before but there's the (laughs) moment where you see them and you're like whoa and afterwards they kind of look at each other like hey yeah thanks but you can tell they're not cool they were cool for that one minute but then they're gonna beat each other up in like another minute they'll turn on each other just like that i love that the song was also dedicated to like his kid right something to that effect I'm guessing that's what it says there, talking about the labor and the delivery delivery yeah. room. He really does just slide that in there at the end. Yeah, and it's so sweet, like just that hook that some things you will remember, some things stay sweet forever. It's oh, just so like, yeah. oh, like that's so heartbreaking. It's like it's one of those like I don't even know if I can listen to the song that much because it's so like this is gonna make me cry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> choked out is another Ooh. one of the more aggressive ones. Very yeah. fast paced. A uh, borderline punk song, uh, oh, from man. what I can tell, just about getting choked out. <laughs> like, very literal meaning there, I think. There's one line where he says, like, if they all want to die dead broke, that's fine, that's fine. Everybody's got their limits. Nobody's found mine. <laughs> like, as he turns to the camera, like, yo! <laughs> that was such a line. 
I love the pacing in Mountain Ghost songs where there will be just like an unanswered question and then there's a pause and then there's the answer and it's like, ooh, it almost it almost always takes you a little bit by surprise like, ooh, shit. Yeah. And then the part of like, because this is what I was talking about, like it just puts you in the moment where it feels like you're looking out of the eyes of the wrestler. He's like, crowd screaming like hounds at the height of the chase. All the colors of the rainbow flood my face. I lift right off into space. I can see the future. It's a real dark place. It's just like, Ooh. oh my god. Damn. <laughs> like, it's such an intense, like, whoa. Like, I felt like I was put into the VR headset moment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh shit, I'm jumping off the top room. <laughs> Or, or, or you are being choked out in the borders. Yeah. The dark borders are closing in as your, as like your life is fading. Like, oh shit, I'm going out. <laughs> then you got heel turn too. Uh, the mental process of someone contemplating a heel turn, which uh, for the uninitiated is when a good guy suddenly snaps and turns uh. bad and usually turns on his allies or something. Uh, but he's also worried about how the fans are going to react. Like, specifically the lyrics, mm. I don't want to die in here. Because that yeah. is something, like, <laughs> wrestling has changed to such a degree that there was oh, a time yeah. in wrestling where the audience would buy into shit so hard <laughs> that a guy would turn heel and the crowd would try to fucking kill him. Like, uh, you fucking oh, betrayed no. my trust. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, I mean, this, this is a way more tame example, but just just go back to 96 when Hogan turned heel and how much garbage got thrown into that ring because this guy's oh, been man. all America, eat, uh, say your prayers, <laughs> eat your vitamins for like decades, and yeah. now he's doing this, and people just cannot fucking believe it. They're besides themselves, and they're just pelting him <laughs> with garbage and drinks. Oh, it's Man, great. imagine with foreign objects, you know. <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> yeah, I've fucking seen so wrestlers. Incredible. I've seen wrestlers get hit in the head with full fucking beer cups, oh and the just God. beer just splatters everywhere, oh and it's like, God. fuck yeah. <laughs> and then, but like, and yeah, just so like, so that immediate understanding of the double meaning, like, I don't want to die in here, like, I don't want to like literally get killed, but also like, I don't, I don't want to fuck this up, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Oof. and the way his voice quivers at certain points is just so <laughs> yeah. cool. Like where he says, "Like I'm gonna drift down into the new dog light without any reservations." You found my breaking point. Congratulations. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Wow. And right after choked out too, <laughs> you know, it's like, damn. <laughs> You found my breaking point. Congratulations! Is you're about to get your fucking ass beat. Like, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> then, um, I actually really liked Fire Editorial. I really liked the more jazzy coffee shop style instrumental to this one. There was something about how like the last song ended, where it just kind of like had that piano bit go on for oh. a little too long. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, it was like a I full minute. Ya. And then, so for this song to come in, it just kind of felt like. Oh, are we still here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's something about um, that just hit me awkwardly, yeah. It's the less kind of instrumental style you'd imagine about fucking hardcore deathmatch wrestling. Uh, right, uh, right! The, the song is about the Sheik, uh, who would throw uh, fireballs in his opponent's faces. And to man, quote I, the... I gotta watch these old wrestling matches, man. I dude, shit got... Out. Yeah. <laughs> fireballs? Uh, what the fuck is this? To quote uh, the genius description, uh, there was a guy in the upper Midwest named Ed Farhat, but nobody who watched him work knew that was his real name because he never dropped character in public, not once. He played a guy from Lebanon. 
His mom was, in fact, from Lebanon. He was from Detroit. His character was called the Sheik. And his gimmick was that he didn't care if his opponents died, disfigured, or burned beyond recognition. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, so long as he walked out and they got carried out. When I was a child, it was terrifying to read about this guy. He didn't want to win. He just wanted to murder his opponents. <laughs> and the wrestling magazines would write editorials. You know, someone has to stop the Sheik. Someone's got to stop him. He's going to blind somebody. He's going to blind them. We've got to pass a law against this guy. Dude, I, I saw my fucking favorite wrestler get fucking fire thrown in his fucking face. This guy's got to stop. He's going to kill someone. Menace. <laughs> He's a menace to the ring. And I will say that, it, again, it is a little redundant to have that song and then werewolf gimmick. Yeah. But I really liked werewolf gimmick. It's, it's another song about no one in particular, but it's just about a guy that goes too far. Like this Ugh. guy who he doesn't know when he gets in the ring if he's going to tear you limb from limb or not. And he goes right. in their locker room and they're like, dude, you got to stop. And he's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to oh, go man. out there and I'm going to do what I want to do. Blood pooling on the canvas as the atmosphere gets hushed. Uh, bring your heroes to the wolf's den. Watch them all get crushed. Oof. Get told to maybe dial it back backstage later on. <laughs> Yo! Consider it. Consider maybe dialing it back a little bit. <laughs> just the way he said that line is just like, oh shit. But fucking uh, stabbed to death outside San Juan. Oh, this man. one is so fucking intense. You feel the concrete <laughs> of this The lyrics moment. are basically just like spoken very coldly, not even mm. sung. And just the way like the symbols and strings would like add oh. to a heightened anxiety. That and violin then just be... line that kind of like falls down that it's like it's so fucking epic. There would just be a sudden instrumental break right before the part in the song where, Bro where uh, Brody gets murdered. And then the fucking harp strings on the outro is so haunting. Like, oh, God. Like, the it, like this is was having, like, a text painting moment. Like, the falling violin line, like, sounds like the fucking knife coming down or some shit. Yeah. You know? Like, it's insane. <laughs> that shit sucks, man. And then uh, he has that lyric, when the blade hits the bone, everybody hears it sing. Shower room full of people. No one hears a goddamn thing. It's like, fuck. Luna Vachon... And uh, her house burning down in in 2005, like shortly before she passes away too. It's, oh. it's fucking tragic. Um, but yeah, it had really groovy bass lines between the very solemn verses, which which was really cool. Yeah, and, and the way like he you know says the line like "All oh God, all oh God," watching it go out, uh, up out on the front lawn. Stay on my feet somehow. I'm strong now. Stuck there. No air. Like, just the really putting you in that moment of, like, oh, man. Like, all of that stuff that meant something to you. Just, like, being, you know, pointlessly destroyed. And then, like, at the end, where it's just, like, stay free, stay free. Invisible armies march by night for me. And it's, like, and then I looked, uh, clicked on the lyric. And it was, like, oh, yeah. You know, a whole bunch of people, when they heard about the fire, sent them their memorabilia and stuff. And it was, like, oh, man. That's so, you know, like... So kind, you know, and then the way the music really swells at the tail end. Oh, it's a it's a great track. Luna was amazing. I, I suggest anyone look up videos of Luna Vachon on YouTube. She's one of those over the top, larger than life personalities that I think anyone who, even if they don't like wrestling, will be fascinated with this shrieking lunatic of a woman. She was so she, she was always dialed to 11, just always in your face. 
The only other one we didn't talk about was the Ballad of Bull Ramos. And yeah, another really good one. John's David Byrne delivery on this song <laughs> sounded straight up like Talking Heads. I was not expecting You're not, it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that one too. Man, it, it's it's like, it, it's amazing that this came out before Vice's Dark Side of the Ring series because this basically is like a soundtrack uh, companion to that series. Yeah, the way but, it's um, really delving into these different people's lives and like, like possibly being more of a biography than a lot of biographies you see, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean, I and never accuracy, hear accuracy wise anyway. No, and especially with uh, Bull Ramos, I I've never heard of him, and he's like a local, like territory villain who never really got like nationwide exposure. So we're dealing with some minor characters even, which is like you know. I like I know tons of people have heard the tragic story of Bruiser Brody, but nobody knows who the fuck Bull Ramos is. But it's cool that now there's a song about him, like, and it's dope. It's a great song. Oh yeah, and I just love the way it ends, where it's like, "Never die, never die. Stand with a bullwhip in my head and rise, rise, surrounded by friends." Like, I love the way his voice can be used to like give you really dark moments and also really sweet moments. Like, because when you hear it, it is such a like, "Oh yeah, I want to die surrounded by friends. I think I'd win if I did that." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it, it was one of those stories of a dude who was able to retire, open a business. And then, yeah, th things went down uh, health-wise, but, yeah, at the end, he was surrounded by friends, and you can't ask for much better than that. But, yeah, man, I love this album. Overall, I walked away with a four and a half. Uh, I give it straight up five out of five. I, I was transported to a fucking it. world. <laughs> even with the uh, the weaker cuts. E even with the weaker cuts, because yeah. the good ones so outweigh them so much, where it's just like, I, I, I don't know, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a five, too. Fuck that. <laughs> it feels really silly not to. <laughs> <sighs> uh, and we got... Um, <laughs> Jake H, thank you very much for your request. Thank you, thank you, Jake. <laughs> as we hold, as we sit here with our with our you know birthday present. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> rocket to our birthday sweaters, rocket to nebula by Killer <laughs> with, with this awkward ass looking fucking cover on it. Oh my god. What the fuck happened? Ladies and I gentlemen, mean... you're gonna be able to see this when we when we put the podcast out. What yeah, is this I, I don't have much of a choice but to put it in the thumbnail. <laughs> what? And this keeps happening. These really awkward aloe covers that we have no choice. We're like, we're not even making a joke on it. We're just presenting it. We're just presenting these awkward ass weirdo aloe covers. Weird <laughs> album covers from Wu-Tang affiliates. I personally think you're overselling it because the album cover <laughs> is the least weird thing about this. <laughs> we were going to make it a point. We weren't going to talk about the whole Kanye thing. Yeah, we were like, oh, you know what? He First of all, let's just say it. He's a very mentally unwell man who is being allowed to just spew, spew, spew the garbage because, well, uh, I uh, am going to benefit from putting the camera on his face, so let's keep doing it, guys. Let's keep doing it. He is unwell, and I think he's being exploited, but... I'm also of the belief that I don't think that excuses the no, no. horrible anti-Semitic things he's been saying. I don't Absolutely think not. he needs to be held accountable for this. Like, like a person who has like 
mania that he clearly has still has yeah. a thought process that he is pulling from that is still very much like rooted in anti-Semitism and all of this fucking bullshit. I have not been paying attention to Kill a Priest, and I'm going to guess not a lot of people have, but <laughs> we were requested to talk about a Kill a Priest album from 2020 or 2021. 2021, I'm not sure, I saw, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's even, something feels <sighs> creepy about it being even closer to the present when this came out. So, I just got to walk you through my experience here. <laughs> I started out with The Wonderful You, and my very first note was, well, shit, okay, that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> that was my, that was that my was thinking. a lot of words coming at me faster than the beat. What's happening? <laughs> I continued, uh, atmospheric instrumental with Holy Choir as priest, Spends the first half talking about memories and local landmarks, and the second half is more of a spiritual expression, appreciating the little things. No idea what it's actually about, but dude was flowing. So, I thought, as a first track, it was okay. Mm. It was once I realized that this was what the whole album was going to be like, <laughs> was when, yeah, I, I started to... um. I started to lose faith. It just feels like the rats are just like on a table that's just like tilted and it's just slowly sliding off of the music. Because <laughs> when we get to uh, projects, we get this very creepy uh, sample or they get like these background singers wailing and it's like cutting off and repeating. And it's like, whoa, okay, this is a fucking vibe. And the song ends up dealing with the projects and uh, health issues that plague the black community. But I quoted this because I think this was where I first started to go, hmm, the line, <laughs> too much processed beef. Is it artificial sweet? We hypertension, the sickness, we need to fix it. Water to flush our system. Keep us from the morgue and out of their prison. Stay off the hog and the chitlins. Hot fries, Popeyes, where are they getting all these chickens? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was still sitting there. Another track with hmm. no beat or drop. <laughs> yeah. Priest just sort of talking, but I like the vibe. I'm still trying to hang on. But you keep, you, you're having things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> things that make me go, hmm. So... The guy behind the booth starts turning up the speed of the mechanical bull, right? I'm, for my life, trying to hold on. We get to 100 mummies. So, I didn't realize that mummies is a thing that Killer Priest just kind of talks about sometimes. This is just a thing he does. So, this is starting to feel like Killer Priest recorded verses, died, and producers scrambled to put his words of unfinished songs... <laughs> To an instrumental on a deadline. Hey, yo, can I tell you something? This, like, straight up and down. Like, I was listening to this, and, like, the very first thing, what was the first thing I wrote? It's like, it sounds like they, like, replace, like, it sounds like they originally had a whole bunch of, you know, it was going to be the sellout Killer Priest album, and he was just like, well, I'm going to, like, do my lyrical shit, but I'm going to do it over, like, these, like, really, like, now beats, you know? And then he was just like, 
no, fuck that. Because uh, what's his name just came out? Uh, Jay Electronica or whatever the fuck is. Oh boy, <laughs> that that album came out. So it's like, uh. well, no, let's go real. We're gonna do fucking movie soundtracks or, or classical music or whatever the fuck. Just just get something else and just put it behind my beat. And then like now this is like respectable rap music now. Yeah, it, no, it doesn't matter if it, it's not actually fitting the fucking like texture or time or fucking oh, measures no. of the goddamn beat. No, it's just supposed to sound really respectful. That it's just like, oh, doesn't it sound so epic? Like, and you can hear it too because there's so many. Th- like, it's not like it's just poetry and he's just speaking. You can very clearly tell there's edits that if you heard it over like oh, what the yeah. original beat was, it would sound, it would flow better. So as you're listening to it, you keep hearing these like, yo, I'm about to do this, and like things will just like jarringly come in. So it's just like, what the fuck? Why is he? Why? What's happening right now? And his voice also sounds like he just got shook awake on all of these tracks. <laughs> like, it sounds like there's still like fucking crust in his eye and fucking a little bit of gunk in his throat like what the fuck are these tracks i'm glad i wrote and kept track of this because i still wrote for track three still like the overall feel of it but a beat would be nice we didn't get drops we didn't really get proper beats for most of these songs they're just like kind of mellow atmospheric instrumentals Muzak in the background, like I said, soundtrack music. Not like, too far off, yeah. Yeah, and now in 100 Rumors, I did like how it started, like the words that he was saying, where he's like, quiet, I'm in mood music, I can take a rainbow, make a Rubik's Cube, stare at it hard, heavy mental, squeeze it till it falls from my palm and skittles, reach behind your ear and pull a nickel, like... You know, I like that, like, or, or, you know, wipe every tear with the tissue, open it, there appears a crystal, here is a souvenir to make a wish to, alchemist jewels appear, take a fistful, like, that's a really cool, just, like, imagery, you know? There were a lot of moments on here that I was, like, I was more taken with how things were written than what he was actually saying, like, I don't know what the fuck that shit means, but, like, it's written in a way that's unique, and I was like, huh, alright, like, I would not listen to this every day, but I was like, okay, this is decent enough. But like, I would rather this have been just spoken word album than half of these fucking, I guess what you would call beats that they put under here. Well, I wasn't a fan of the nursery rhyme bars on 100 Mummies. That shit came off cheesy as hell. And that's the problem because it's like, He'll say all these like really like, oh, wow, that's really cool imagery. And then he'll say something really silly and it'll be like right when an unexpected like beat change will happen. So you're especially paying attention to it. So it's just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, yeah, Mermaid was a track where I was like, okay, the flowlessness, the the flowlessness of this actually, <laughs> I feel like actually kind of worked to the effect of what this was. Like, I did like once, Mermaids. Yeah, like, because everything else for me, the very first track, first of all, when I look at the track listing, the first two tracks aren't there the rocket to nebula and stare directly oh yeah the sun. i don't know according what's to that. genius yeah the, the first two aren't on the spotify release i don't know where they are maybe yeah. they're like on a physical release that wasn't on spotify or something yeah but um it's weird that they would be the first two normally it'd be yeah. the, at the end but i guess it's like oh see how the adventure starts uh, go to killer priest uh, believes in weird uh, uh, lizard people.com hey we'll get to that in a <laughs> sec um but yeah like the very first track like to me was just like oh no it was like a like an immediate like like uh-oh what have we got because like i've told you about how i feel about you know rappers from the wu-tang clan that i you know hold in less esteem uh like capadonna you know what i'm saying uh mostly yeah. just capadonna uh because you hear him and he sounds like he's like it sounds like the beat is like a horse and he just cannot stay on the right 
place for the life oh, of yeah. him. <laughs> and it's like, here, it, like, but Killer Priest, I remember listening to Killer Priest verses back in the day, like, and he was always a spotlight. Like, he was always like, a, oh, wow, like, he's like the, you know, more cerebral Jizza, you know, like, uh, that sort of thing. Like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like, here's this other guy that you might be able to listen to. And then I remember, like, years and years and years ago, like, like wanting to give a chance because i remember it was like bible was the last song on jizz's first album right and i remember like oh wow he's really cerebral like lyricist let me see if there's more stuff of his and i remember like you know checking out one or two songs and being like this is kind of it's kind of just there like whatever you know but yeah and so like listening to this like it, you know it, it's even worse than those one or two songs that i remember because like damn at least he was rapping on beat <laughs> on those fucking songs like what the fuck happened what well what when there's no beat to rap to <laughs> what are you going off of it's just stream of consciousness it's what most of these songs do end up feeling life is, is a stream of consciousness and now, that wouldn't be a problem if it actually if you could tell that he was actually listening to this and like actually flowing along to a lot of the way a lot of them sounded. yeah but there's so many of them where they obviously don't now with mermaids i think it actually works like because of it's mainly because of just how weird and formless the beat actually sounds and so it be, kind of works in conjunction i feel you know Oh, yeah, like, especially on this one, it's Welcome to the Machine by Pink Floyd. Oh, backwards. yeah. It's yeah. like, whoa, okay. So we're already, we're talking about astronauts in space, because, again, space is another big concept and aspect of the album lyrically. The shit was really out there, so I dug that. Yeah, the imagery is cool, right? Like, Yeah, he's really good at painting a picture, uh, sometimes a little too much, like I'll explain here and again with... Uh, mm magnificent interviews the first of two seven minute songs oh and my goodness God. jesus um, christ and like half of it is like a fucking skit from a movie like yeah he samples k-packs this kevin jesus spacey christ. movie and it's like it's like i get it oh that's an interesting idea oh uh being visited by space yeah that's the point of using a sample you you use it to set the tone for like maybe up to 30 seconds and then you get to the song like holy it, shit it opens with two minutes of K-Pax. Two Then the song minutes. starts. I, you might as well just give me a link to the fucking movie at that point. <laughs> yeah. Then the song just kind of ends. The, the lyrics end. And there's two minutes left in the song. And the K-Pax sample starts up again. It's like, you're kidding me. Another <laughs> two minutes of K-Pax? I it's bailed. Like, I, I was like, no. Get it. <laughs> I wrote down the quote. Um, mm. The uh, t two parts I quoted. And I don't know how to feel about either one. Well, my name is Lucifer. I'm five foot eight. I love to snowboard. I love quiet nights and going on dates, cafes, and going to local stores. He said, I also wrote books. The origins of, God, I cannot pronounce this, Rosicrucianism? Yeah, yeah. Magic rituals, origins of God, advanced metaphysics, the life of Killer Priest, and why he left the music industry, <laughs> and why he left the music business, brief history on time travel, theology of Star Wars, tarot cards, music stars, and my inner peace, and how I've and how I found happiness as the Dark Lord. Ladies and so, gentlemen, whoa! What type of fucking weird ass midnight in the garden of good and evil shit is this? <laughs> so I, I have a potential theory here in a sec, but I'll get to it. Because then at the end, he also, there's another, like, dialogue he quotes where he says, Startled, I looked around as she sat down the dishes. Uh, oh, she, yeah. she said, you ordered a lot. At this point, it's because he was sitting, he was, like, sitting at a table with, like, uh, like four different people, and they all vanished. So, like, they yeah. all ordered food. 
but then they all vanished, so it just looked like Killer Priest ordered all this food on his own. She said, you ordered a lot, but it looks delicious. I looked at her suspicious. She said, what? I said, nothing, and started to smile, and asked, what time do you finish? She said, I'm off in a minute, then we talked with no limits, then we walked off the premise into the deep thought and dimensions. I was like, whoa. It's interesting that she just sat on all this fucking food at your table, and you just asked, hey, what time do you finish? And immediately she was like, oh, you know, um, I'm, I'm instantly interested in you, Mr. Order, a fucking ton of food that I guess you're just not going to eat. And then they just walk off into the ether and then they turn into salt and quartz or something. Like, what the fuck is happening in this fucking, it's like an Unshan Andalou of a song over here. You know, the music is just like building and being really weird. And it's like, I accept the journey like Paul on his way to Damascus. And then it's like, it just cuts awkwardly in your ear. Or like Jesus to Mount Olive. And then you just hear, they both rode in on asses. <laughs> and so it's uh. just like, you just kind of chuckle because it's just like, this really awkward. They both rode on asses. <laughs> it's like, oh God. Magnificent Interview is the last song I was remotely interested in. Because from here, we get into memoirs. And it has this line. Backstabbers get OJs. Wow, that goes both ways. The 70s group or the Nicole way. Best song, Yellow by Coldplay. Oh, man. What the fuck is happening now? Can I tell you something? I, yeah, I specifically noted this in, in red. I was like, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? Like, Hold the phone. All this fucking hyper-lyrical... Ooh, spiritual God, you know, the metaphysical spiritual individual in your swimming pool. I'm fucking cannabis and his metamucil on your fusel on a coosel, doosel, and a fusel. You know, like rhinoplastry and, and, and a fucking another long word, you know, like. And, and then the best song is Yellow by Coldplay, you guys. Like, what? Uh, huh? What? Huh? Then we get another seven minute song in secret anticipation. Uh, anticipation of this album to fucking end it was at this point i wrote down okay man you're losing me i'm literally falling asleep i was starting to conk out at this i was getting really bored it was at this moment i went to youtube and i preemptively pulled oh, yeah, up because you try were to bored see. you were bored i was i tried to see if needle drop did a review of this album and he did not but while I was on YouTube and I saw and I typed in needle drop kill a priest, I scroll down maybe three videos and I see a music video and I was like, oh shit, I wonder if he has any music videos from the songs on this album. I bet they are, I bet they look really cool and interesting. <laughs> I mean, how could they not, right? Oh, so man. I go to his YouTube and I'm scrolling through his videos. And I, and I come across an episode of his podcast featuring David Ick. Oh, Ick indeed. For those of y'all who don't know who David Ick is... My fucking record scratch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he's a conspiracy theorist, um, to put it extremely lightly. I described him as a older, not nearly as excitable Alex Jones, in that they both preach this narrative... Alex Jones likes to call globalists what David Ick would refer to just in general as the New World Order. He said to Killer Priest, picture a spider in the middle of this giant web, 
and everything is stuck and the spider has everything in its control and he continues to do this cute little old white man dance around just straight up saying the most horrifyingly anti-semitic straight to the point shit that's literally a anti-semitic like fucking meme right am i not tripping on that that that, that was a fucking spider web fucking uh, uh meme from back in the early you know newspaper uh, meme days you know i'm unsure about that but i just know that new world order is a dog whistle for jewish people controlling everything and i'm going on and i'm listening to him talk about how you know all these narratives and, and this agenda were being pushed like how climate change is not real oh, and man. all these all things and his speaking points are political are specifically just echoes like alec jones from the protocols of the elders of zion which is kind of what i thought of when i was listening to a magnificent interview because the plot if you want to call it a plot, because Protocols was ripped off another book that was basically the devil describing the ways he would conquer and ultimately destroy the world. And it was then rewritten, and instead of the devil saying it, they wrote it in a way that that was like, these are elder Zionists describing how they're going to control and destroy the world oh so not only the racist is just lazy copying right oh, it's, <laughs> it's just it's just plagiarized anti-semitism uh, and fantastic. he's just talking all these talking points and there's kill a priest just sitting there going wow man that i've never heard it put so beautifully like you you're Bullshit. laying it all like out he doesn't like he's not a fucking nation of islam didn't already fucking believe this shit you know what i mean oh like, yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know i know i know the thing that that raised, that raised the red flags immediately because dude's speaking some spiritual stuff on this album and i wasn't sure what his deal was spiritually and apparently he's just kind of like in the same group as as yay black israelite hotep you know, and, and I, I want to make it clear, like, there are, like, Jewish people of all colors who are, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, good and bad, right? Like, you know, because of all people are, you know, good or bad or whatever. But, like, just as there is, like, these black Israelite, like, assholes who do not represent all, like, you know, black Jewish people, like, you know, you do have to deal with, like, uh, I mean, what was that fucking, um, uh, there was one movie that Sasha Baron Cohen did. And it was like oh. a scene where it was like kind of like so it was like and it was just something I didn't think about. I was like, oh yeah, well like, yeah, yeah. I guess there are like Jewish like you know uh, um, you know homophobic people and things like that. And it's like oh, oh yeah, yeah. of course it's yeah. like right because it's like just because you're a minority don't mean you can't be hateful too. You know, and that's the whole thing right. that like surprises me so much when I think about like how I grew up. Right, where it's just like no, I thought the idea is that like we get along with like Jewish people because they were oppressed too. Right, what the fuck is going on? Like because and and this is the thing that uh, was it him? It was somebody. Some some guy out there, some old dip out there for you. <laughs> some know. guy yeah, is that like? Oh, the Jewish people had uh, they they actually benefited from uh, slavery. Did you know that there were some Jewish people uh, during the 1800s and what have you that benefited from slavery? So while they're asking us to feel sympathetic for them during the Holocaust, did you know that? It and then it's like my brain, you know, my brain that already understands like the full scope of history is just like immediately going like, but weren't there also Jewish people that were helping people? like 
abolitionists and that cited their faith as the reason why they were abolitionists? Weren't there also people in the 60s that were rabbis marching right along with uh, Irish and Protestant, uh, you mm. know, priests in the 60s with Martin Luther King? So I'm like, well, so what the fuck are you talking? It sounds to me like just people in general can be assholes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but that's the type of shit that they, the, the, that people like that, that are OTEPs like pull from and expect people to be surprised. <gasps> oh my God, there were people that happened to be Jewish that because they wanted to go along and, you know, be in cool with the white, you know, supremacist thing and not get targeted themselves were fine with other people being oppressed. Shock and all, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I'm sitting there and it was, it was surreal because like I've mentioned on the show before, I've been listening to a lot of Knowledge Fight. They were the ultimate uh, in inspiration and influence for ONA Detox. So they just talk about Alex Jones all the time. So to hear David Ick talking about, you know, the New World Order, talking about how George Soros is funding Jesus all Christ. of these social movements and everything, and just absolutely no pushback or challenge from Killer Priest, just nodding and agreeing, and then casually throwing it over to read some super chats. I was like, what the fuck, man? And I and I really hate to say this. I hate to say this. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish this album. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I contemplated it. I I legitimately <laughs> I listened to memoirs, I listened to Secret Anticipation, I listened to Andromeda, Grandmother's Land, Heavier Metal, Greater Than Part Two, and I bailed. I almost, it was like, eh, there's like seven more songs. Can I tell you something? This, no, this was not worth. I, this is the first. I, I didn't like, miss anything cool. <laughs> not only did you not miss anything, I, I am like envious of you. <laughs> like, Because I'm usually like, hey, come on, guys, like, let's finish that. Unless it's like egregiously bad. you know. What I mean? And I was just thinking like, I, as I was going through it the second time, you know, like I like to listen to it the first time and then go through it the second time. And it's just like, I was getting that urban dance squad feeling uh, like that just emptiness feeling of you're just like absorbing word salad. And this is like, all of this is just falling off because it's not attached to a beat. And so it's like, it's, it's fucking challenging you to fucking give a shit about what he's saying. Cause so much of these words, it's just a fucking hurricane of just words happening. It's, like, it's one of those things where it's like, it gets to a point where it's like, I don't care how incredibly worded and how lyrical and incredible it is. If it if I'm hearing this beat up against what you're saying and it's just not gelling, like, I don't fucking care, you know? <laughs> I mean, and it got specifically to Grandmother's Land. Oh, man. He's doing this stereotypical 1950s black and white Native American yeah. like inflection voice. Yeah. Smoking on the peace pipe. And I, and I was just like, okay, what the fuck is this, man? I just needed to get away from that. At least this is like a story. Uh, like I, You know what I mean? If you can get past the uh, red face accent, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I don't even know how. Yeah, w w without straight up doing it myself, which I don't want to do. Right. I don't know how else to describe it. You just got a picture. Every depiction of a Native American in a movie or a sitcom from the 1960s. He's doing, doing the stilted that way that they, t that they don't actually talk, you know? But then we got to greater than part oh, two. Oh, man. I gotta quote this, because this is where I bailed. <laughs> the world is foul and backwards. As a child, I mastered at 12. I put Dr. Seuss in jail for malpractice. Bars. Savage madness. The Grinch stole Christmas. I stole the Grinch life. Bars. Then shot Frosty in the head till he started shitting out ice. Bars. Thanksgiving. I cooked Mother Goose, Bars! then shot Humpty Dumpty off the wall. That's what I call egg drop soup. 
Get the fuck all the way out of here. And and I, I feel like I owe Jake an apology because, because yeah, I, I honestly couldn't. It was a mixture of this shit is just fucking terrible and I can't, I can't deal with it anymore. And the mix of what I just witnessed and what I... Out of, <laughs> the combina- the confluence of... just It hit like a tidal wave. Just the what is happening to me right now. What's and it was just my me? morbid curiosity of how long I made it into that David Ick video, just watching it, hoping it would somehow get better and kill a priest would eventually start to push back and he never fucking did. Oh, no. And it was just like, I can't handle this anymore. I can't put myself through terrible. it anymore. It's just, I, I can't. I, she's giving her all she's got, Captain. <laughs> did you actually finish it? I actually did. Now we're even for Lil B. Uh, Lil B, yeah. <laughs> we're even for Lil B. Um, oh my god. Wait, I gotta I gotta go back to what are Oh was there god. anything of note that I didn't touch on? Yeah, oh my god. And it's like, and again, like, you're thinking, like, mm, serious rapper. We're talking, like, shit, we're going into, like, real world. Like, what's going on? Like, walk, long walks through the ballpark. Birds chirp, dogs bark. It's getting cloudy. Let's get home before dark. The storm starts. They're closing all the mall shops. Quick, let me run inside this Walmart and buy a Hallmark. It makes warm hearts. Like love songs and soft rock. Off top, the group bread. 1970s. Make it with you. Celebs. Playboys, nudes, naked in pools, then the electric boogaloo, and the infectious Rubik's Cube. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then the fucking Eddie Jefferson's moody mood. There I go, there I go, there I go. Pretty ra- What is happening in this song? <sighs> I, I don't know. Like it just, I wish it I knew. It sounds like a man's brain slowly sliding out of his head. And his thoughts are just like, you know, coming at you in this way that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, I did like the the little space things, like the one song that did sample the one small step for man. And right. All that kind of stuff. It was very atmospheric. Like, yeah. if this was an instrumental album that just kind of like had that atmosphere and that that kind of stuff going on i probably would fuck with it because yeah. you wouldn't have rap awkwardly on top of it not just fitting just words just clashing with everything over the beat like <laughs> it feels like he's actually about to like fall like like he's just like saying, no, 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 someone help me and like you hear like a crash as he like falls out the window <laughs> <laughs> it feels inconsiderate. It feels like someone actually did take the time to produce these songs, yeah. not knowing what Killer Priest was going to do with it, uh, for ultimately Killer Priest to just say, fuck it, I'm just going to go stream of consciousness over it anyway, and not even try to fit any sort of beat or flow or anything I just need something under this or else it's going to be really boring. But this is what's weird. There will be times where he will flow over a beat and it'll be like, oh, so you can hear these. What's happening there? Like, because there's at the beginning. You actually do have headphones on in the booth. You're not just (laughs) winging it. Yeah, and in secret anticipation, this part where he goes like, we deboard, we see forests, we see deep waters beneath the orbit. Like, that was kind of like flowing over the beat. I was like, oh, okay, so you can hear this. Like... And like I said, there's like so much cool imagery, like on some of these uh, parts where he says like all of um, uh, all of this, and then the air ruffled, but the sound had a muffled pitch. Then the craft on the lower and the upper switched, and then their people were controlling it all by doing a subtle twist. I mean, the brother mm. was quick; it hovered, then blip, 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 
I said, wait, yeah. are we going backwards or forwards, Eastern or Western? Are we taking a northern or southern trip? He said, in this place, it doesn't exist. Now zoom into the light on that mothership. Now zoom back as you're puffing a spliff, getting a buzz from one hit, frozen stiff with a blood on your lip and drugs in the dish. You had a reggae club with a chick rubbing her hips. You got some nugs in that piff. I submit at the summit above the cliff at which cometh and which goeth. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. Purple orbs empower me as I absorb the flower. And I was just like, wait, is this just really super epic imagery just to say like, yo, this epic god just decided to give you some uh, super tank weed. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, like I, that's I can totally... cool! I can totally see how people would fuck with this, but, right. I, but I really do think the lack of a beat turns off probably most people. It destroys it! Like, I'm sitting here... F like, I... It's frustrating. You know what's more frustrating than just bad music? Like, music that almost like has something going you know what i mean we're like yo if you if someone just like listen to this beat a couple more times and then actually like float over it in a way that actually feels like they're like riding the fucking you know bumps and like valleys of the you know production you know what i mean like because it, yeah it's just so like it's like i'm because as i'm listening it's like even this song that i'm like actually actively trying to hear what i'm saying like i feel like i'm beating against the tides of the fact that it's not fitting with the music you know what i mean like like yeah I, it, it hurt it, it is a chore to listen to you know music should not be a chore to listen to you know uh bob ross almost started sounding like he was on beat but then he fell off again i thought there was some good imagery at one point but like yeah then grandmother's land like i said just fucking offbeat and then like the voice and the thing about it is the story wasn't that bad when i was like listening to it and trying to figure out what was happening where i was like oh it's like you know one person saying uh you know oh what's the emergency chief said tall bear needs your care they all looked confused they all asked who chief said ask him yourself they looked around the room and said chief who are you talking to the chief said tall bear he's sitting right there they said what there's no one else except you and us the chief's eyes stunned with terror and fear his face just flared and meanwhile like he had just been having a conversation with him saying that like the other guy had seen someone that wasn't actually there anymore you know and so the idea is that like oh wait is it happening to me too you know and it's like and so like hours later the children walk in the teepee from behind their backs then look around the circle then ask what are you all staring at the spider lady turned and said the chief is very sick and hallucinating the children said what chief from outside you all sound like you were talking to the ancient <laughs> and it's just like whoa 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 what's happening so we got two songs of people talking to people who end up disappearing yeah and that's the other thing is like you already kind of did this but like this at least is done better but i just wish it wasn't done so awkwardly like this it's, again do you get what i'm trying to say it's like these are almost a good idea but it's just like just like two like two measures off and like two like in intention points off you know like oh and then yeah greater than i completely understand dipping out on that one because this one guys t try to listen to this one it you can't like it's unlistenable. The beat with that ridiculous first part where you're hearing the children say, and you hear someone in the background, hey yeah. And it was like hearing all of these children singing, like it's worse than just like a you know orchestra going, because that's like, oh, you know, you can kind of like try to, you know, you're not really listening to like people's voices. Like, but with this one, it's just like people chanting and saying things. And so you're hearing that next to him talking, and you're just like, 
I can't tell, like, my brain is doing the Spongebob beat where my eyes are going two different places. And then, like I said, the fucking lyrics that he says. So it's like, you can't even go like, oh, you know, he's just being too complex for you. He's getting on his cannabis. He's getting on his rhinoplasty rhymes, motherfucker, you know. But he's just like, talking about, I put Dr. Seuss in jail for malpractice and the Grinch stole Christmas, but I stole the Grinch's life and Frosty gets shot in the head. He's shitting out ice with the contact high another one of these like super lyrical respectable rapper Ooh, listen to what he's saying and then the, the music abruptly cuts when he said you know that george carlin bit where he said like oh man it always seems like you know uh like every time you're at a party there's always that one moment where everyone shuts up at the same time and you just happen to say something really embarrassing and like, well what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have my testicles laminated this like it feels like the music will just like stop at an awkward time whenever he's saying something really weird like because it's like the music is going on ooh, amorphous blob of bullshit ooh, and it's like and then all of a sudden it was like alkaline mirrors the purest the realest when I was young, I wanted to give Cinderella my genitalia. Interstellar ancestor fortune teller. Like, no, 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 you can't fucking walk past. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I wanted to give Cinderella my genitalia. You're wanking off to not even like one of the more hot Disney princesses. Like, you know. <laughs> what I was going to say was he's at a party. The music stops and he proceeds to say the most embarrassing shit for an hour and seven minutes. <laughs> That, that's and they what, just no, slowly th turn the music back up after these ramblings are done. That's what this whole party is. Like, they recorded him as a party. They were playing some music. Oh, no, dude, we're just playing some, you know, we're just having a conversation. No, keep going, Gillibreeze, keep going. <laughs> you know? And then Andrea Davis, like, the flow over the beat was kind of nice. And then, like, you know, he was like, oh, Summer Breeze, Bumblebees, Lumber Trees, Free Range, Hedgehog, Dead Logs, Wet Frog, Sweat Lodge, like... It was actually like giving you imagery while still being like really multisyllabic and like, oh, that was really cool. But then it was like, I thought it was about a woman or like his daughter or something, but then it, it just fell out into just talking about weird shit. Like, oh, grab my pen with exotic touch, erotica, I love honey and oatmeal with lots of nuts, salad and garlic crust. Like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> and the digital ghost, man, I... I off the rip, just a bluster of words with no flow and I just don't care. Like I just started this, I was just like, <sighs> like it was just an oppressive just it's, it's like a, you're in school like it, this this album is like a nightmare dream where i'm like in school and i'm supposed to be taking down notes but i'm not sure what he's actually saying i'm just like uh okay i guess okay okay i what okay you know the last track it's just a minute of really nice pleasant music and some guy just waking up and rambling and ambling about his day as he's waking up he's like oh, I gotta walk over here I gotta go over here and do it and he's like it's like really nice sounding music he's just like I gotta go and it's like him rambling over, like it just makes it ironic like you know it's like they're trying to do so, like is this supposed to be funny like I don't get the you know what I mean is this leading somewhere so it's just like oh really nice pleasant music and he's like and then like he gets to a point where he's like and I'm thinking like, oh, maybe it's supposed to be some song that's supposed to be, you know, telling us about, you know, people every day waking up. And, uh, and then it just kind of eventually devolves into him just like taking a piss and farting right before the verse starts. So you're just like, bro, are you really going to start the verse like this? Like, oh, <laughs> so it's Jesus like, Christ. this beat's fucking going on. And they're trying to make it sound like it's like hip hop or whatever the fuck. And then it's like, uh, uh, yeah. And it's like, okay, I'll tolerate this just to get to the verse. And then... <laughs> <laughs> fucking Sanford and Son flushing noise <laughs> and then is this bizarre? <clears throat> yeah right and then it gets delivered it's like I'm writing in my room and it's like no you can't fucking 
you can't uh, be like mm, super deep contemplative thought. I just heard a man fart, man. Like no. <laughs> Like, come on! The disrespect for me, the listener. Yeah, and then, oh my god, this was the part. The suspicion that I had that these were not on beat, and that these were not actually, like, you know, being edited with any sense of, like, professionalism was fucking confirmed in the arrival home. After a fucking minute into this fucking track, you hear him start rapping, and there's one part where he goes, like, I'm writing in my room, and then you hear, like, this really awkward cut that clearly sounds like something was awkward and off, and, like, and it kind of, like, kind of reflects in the beat, too, but, like, clearly in a way that's not, like, together, and so it's, like, I'm writing in my room, awkward cut, that's circular, that's the McCurry, and I'm like, what the fuck? My hairline shaped like the letter V. I'm writing in my room, that's circular. That's the Merkaba. Did you guys even fucking listen to this when you before you released it? Like, god damn it. I'm fucking done. <laughs> oh, I gave it a two. It's a two at best. Because it's like, the music is this is so really good. And it's like, it's, this is a cock tease of an album of like interesting ideas that are just just like right out of the way of sounding good so it's just like it's frustrating and it's it becomes just like not worth going into but like i want to acknowledge that some work is clearly being done in production but it's just like but more clearly had to be done because come on guys like come on i don't feel like i can give a numerical rating i'm gonna <laughs> give it a fucking fantano not good because i didn't finish it it was going places i won't lie like the ratings i was given the first few songs were pretty high but then it all just kind of fell off and you know but yeah sorry jake um we, we, we still ended up talking about it for, for a good while. Like, you know, you still got a pretty decent review for your money. We looked at each other, did our fucking, what's, what's a good wrestling move? Double suplex, double suplex from the from the top rope. You fucking crouched down, got Killer Priest <laughs> to sit on top of your shoulders. I went up to the top rope and clotheslined his ass down to the mat. We couldn't, we could not let this go. We fucking gave him a 3D through a fucking table. We ripped off Killer Priest's mask and then shaved his head. But you know he wasn't wearing a mask because he's got dudes on his fucking podcast talking about COVID denial. So. Yeah, oh, you know, we stipulated that there would be no cameras filming, but of course there will be several in the building. <laughs> ah! Well, folks, thank you so, so much for spending your time and hanging out with us this week. That was a lot of fun, despite the subject matter there. <laughs> um, we already gave everything at the top, but as a little reminder, if you're still listening and you want to request an album for a future episode, head on over to our Kofi that is ko-fi.com slash going off, G-O-I-N-O-F-F, and we will be running the Black November deals starting November 1st, so That's keep right. an eye out for that. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Patreon, our individual Kofis, my fan house. Instagram, you know, I'd be on there. If you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure to give us a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate that. And we will be back next time. But until then, for going off, I'm Muse. I'm Rap Critic. And in the end, it means I blah, 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 the end. Rocket. Rocket, I didn't mean to do it. It lovely in my head. I tried to be a charmer, but I got hopeless instead. The world is very sexy. It's part of my collapse. It's part of my collapse. It's part of my collapse. You know what's funny? That's it's a nonsense song by Gorillaz, but boy, does it, it does it feel apt uh, every day when you look in the news. <laughs>
You know what I got to say to that? What? Maintain. <laughs> Maintain. <laughs>